0: Welcome to the very first episode of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Martinez. I'll be joining you, let's say, once a week. Not every Thursday. I like Thursdays. I give myself a three-day weekend. I can see what's going on during the week. Then I have the whole weekend to see how the games are going to play out. And then we'll go record again on Thursday. Uh, this very first episode... What's the date today? Let's check the date. Thursday, August 10th, 2018. Let's get things going. Uh, with that in mind, I forgot the date already. August 10, 2018 on a Thursday. College football starting today, officially. But if you ask me, it really doesn't officially, officially start till Saturday. But with that in mind, we have some games today. Uh, Texas A&M, Northwestern State. That should be interesting. Purdue, Northwestern. That actually should be interesting. Uh, Big Ten, those games never disappoint. Uh, Alleged national champion UCF and UConn. Also, Scott Frost's departure. Uh, I don't expect UCF to survive the top 25 for the whole season. I don't expect them to make a bowl game, to be quite honest with you. I think that's going to be... I honestly hope sincerely for them that they do get that national championship banner because they're never having another season like that ever again. Uh, big games over the weekend, though, some actual relevant games. Alabama-Louisville, uh, that actually isn't that interesting. Uh, oh, what is interesting about that game, I was lying. Uh, who's going to start? Who's going to be the actual starters at Tuatoga togo or Jalen Hurts? Nick Saban listing them as co-starters for that game. I don't think that's necessarily to throw off Louisville. I don't know how concerned he is about... Louisville studying and uh, being prepared for either one of their quarterbacks I think honestly if you ask me that's an effort to keep either one of them from transferring uh, Jalen Hurts dad already said if he were on the open market so to speak he'd be the biggest reagent in uh, college football history uh, Tua Bailoa already said after the national championship if he hadn't played during the college football playoff or during the national championship that he was going to reconsider going back to USC he originally committed there uh, coming out of high school committed to USC. That was when uh, Matt Coral had committed. Uh, JT Daniels was looking like he was going to reschedule his, um, not reschedule, reclassify, uh, reclassify his graduating class, which he did. And we'll get to him in a second. Uh, Tua Togavailoa was considering. uh, Oh, and Sam Darnold was still there. At the time, Sam Darnold was still at USC and it wasn't quite sure. We weren't sure if he was going to go to the NFL or stay. So that would have been a pretty tough situation for to a Togovailoa, and certainly for Clay Helton, having to choose between uh, Matt Coral, JT Daniels, Sam Darnold, and, and uh, Tua. Uh, Matt Coral ended up transferring to Florida and then transferring again to Ole Miss. Sam Darnold went to the NFL, and JT Daniels, as aforementioned, he was just, just named the week one starter. So I honestly think Nick Saban, he's really doing that to keep both of those guys in house. He doesn't want to lose either of them and he also can't play both of them so that's what's going to be the biggest storyline for that particular game if you ask me I don't I don't think Louisville Louisville, they they don't stand a chance let's be honest um as mentioned before JT Daniels listed as a week one starter for USC he's like I said he reclassified so he hasn't even played four full years of high school football this is I mean he must have really impressed Clay Helton and T Martin because that's i mean that's unheard of he's only played three years played a modern day i think he has three national championships so he's got two for sure um two-time gatorade player of the year but uh you know it, the speed increases at every level so that's going to be interesting to see he'll have a tune-up game at the coliseum against unlv but it doesn't get any easier after that he's on the road at stanford on the road at texas later in the season cross crosstown rivalry he'll go on the road to ucla he gets notre dame at home but those games are never easy uh in the Coliseum or in South Bend, those games are—they're not easy for either team. He's the second second true freshman in USC history to ever be named uh, Week One starter after Matt Barkley. Um, and Matt Barkley had a fantastic career at USC, broke all kinds of conference records, which were later broken by uh, Super Marcus Mariota. So we'll see. Only time will tell how well JT Daniels will play for the Trojans and how this season will end up for them they have a very experienced defense defense though uh, Cameron Smith returning Porter Gustin he was hurt he got him, him he got himself hurt during this preseason but it looks like he'll be ready to go for at least the Texas game and uh, Marvell Tell uh, safety and A Harris uh, all returning uh, seniors for the defense so uh, only time will tell how their season uh, works out for them. Other games on Saturday, Michigan and Notre Dame. That That's going to be a big game. I, for me personally, that's the game I'm looking forward to more than all the others. Jim Harbaugh, some people are saying he's on the hot seat. I, I agree. He's, he's had a really an awful schedule. If you look at it, almost a winless record um, against his rivals that being be in Ohio State and Michigan State. The one time he's beaten either of those two teams is when Michigan State was almost dead last in the Big Ten. I think it was two years ago and they Michigan State was just awful, and Michigan won that one. But you have the uh, the blocked punt or the fumbled punt that Michigan State recovered. That would have been a playoff year for Michigan. Uh, was it last year two years ago? The JT Barrett, so it was last year, um, fourth down conversion. That was called the, called the first down. Maybe it probably wasn't. I'm, none of us can't go back and change it. That. that was another questionable loss for Jim Harbaugh. Uh, so he's on the hot seat this year. Michigan has to win this one. They cannot start off the Shea Patterson era. It's the first time in Jim Harbaugh's Michigan uh, tenure that he's had a legit quarterback. I mean, they just have not. They've had the defenses, they've had the perimeter players, but they haven't had they haven't had a quarterback. They haven't had anyone to throw the ball to their perimeter athletes. And they finally get transfer from Ole Miss, Shea Patterson. They can't they can't start behind. They can't start off 0 one this very first game. They just can't do it. And not to mention, they would start off 0-1, Penn State and Ohio State are getting tune-up games, Ohio State with Oregon, we're going to play Oregon State week one, that's going to be, um, I can't even think of an analogy, that's going to be just a beat down, Oregon State one of the worst teams in the Pac-12, Ohio State one of the best teams in the country, uh, Penn State also a tune-up game, so they can't start off slow, Michigan State needs, they need this win more than Notre Dame needs it, Notre Dame obviously doesn't play for a conference so they can... They can, they're kind of in limbo. They, they don't have to compete with other schools necessarily. Like Michigan, who's in a tough conference and in a tough division, they, they're, they're going to play Ohio State and Penn State this season, so they can't start off slow. Uh, yeah, Jim Harbaugh, they, they need to take care of business. Um, what else we got? Miami LSU, that'll be a Sunday night game in Jerry World. Well, let's go back. Let's start with the Saturday games first. Uh, Washington and Auburn. Uh, that'll be in Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Alabama, in Georgia, excuse me. That'll be very nearly a home game for Auburn. Uh, they last time they played there, they lost to the alleged national champions, uh, UCF. I don't see them losing two in a row. They're they're out for they're out for blood. They're also a top ten ranked team. Uh, the Gus Bus he was really on the hot seat last year, and then he turned he turned it up, beating Alabama, uh, very nearly getting getting his team into the college football playoff. I think they're going to carry that momentum. I think Warrior was going to take that first one, which is not good for Washington because they also have a tough schedule, playing Stanford in the Pac-12 North, obviously, and an improved Oregon team. They're going to get back Justin Herbert. And when Justin Herbert, before he got hurt last year, Oregon was a top-10 offense. They were something to be reckoned with. And then when he went down, they they were just flat all season. Royce Freeman just was wasn't enough for them. He's a great back, but he just wasn't enough to carry that whole offense, carry that whole team. And they ended up losing a really embarrassing game in the Las Vegas Bowl against Boise State. So, yeah, I'm going to take Auburn for that one, and that's not going to be a good loss for for Washington. Um, going back to Miami LSU, that's going to be in Jerry's world. Um, that'll be Saturday. That'll be Sunday night. That'll be a Sunday night game. So something for you to cap your weekend off. Uh, not. I I know everyone was infatuated with the turnover chain and it was fun and they were good. Miami was a, I think, I think the highest they got last year was number two in the country. Like they were for real. They, they were real. I'm just not impressed with Malik Rozier. I'm I'm not, I just don't see him. I don't see him as a pure passer. I don't think he's someone who who can take over games. He had an ugly game against Pitt, which was a game that they lost, but against Pitt, like, like, come on, you got to win those games. You're number two in the country. And he played he played awful that game. Um it's gonna be on a neutral field. Playing Miami LSU. Coach O'Geron's also on the hot seat this season, so he's gonna he needs this win more than Jim Harbaugh needs this Notre Dame win because they this season LSU's schedule is hellacious. They play Auburn, they play Alabama, they play Ole Miss, Matt Coral, they play uh in Georgia. So they, they have a hellacious schedule. I don't see them beating Certainly not all of those teams. If they beat all those teams and LSU's your national champion, there's no way around that. But I don't see them beating any of these teams. Maybe Ole Miss, maybe Auburn, because Auburn's going to have a tough schedule also. But they're not going to win all those games. They're not going to beat Miami, beat Auburn, beat Alabama, Ole Miss. They're they're just not. So they need to get this week one win, especially for Coach O. He needs a signature win to keep his job. Uh, I'm going to take the Bayou Bengals in this one. Uh, Clemson, they're going to play Furman week one, so that should be uh, that should be really entertaining. They're going to go with Kelly Bryant as the starter over Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't think this is a huge deal, but I like the move by Dabo Sweeney. This is what programs do. You know, you this is what you do. You have a star quarterback, and you don't recruit; you reload. You don't just. I mean, just because you have the number one, he's. I think he was right behind uh, Justin Fields, like number two quarterback overall. But this is what great programs do. You have a quarterback that he led him to the college football playoff. I mean, he didn't play very well, but Alabama was the eventual national champions. Like, what more do you want for him? Uh, he does I don't think that's enough for him to lose his job. Trevor Lawrence will play though. Both quarterbacks are gonna play week one against Furman. Um, yeah, great programs you have, especially at the quarterback position on off quarterback, running back, receiver, you have your three-year starters, your four-year starters, or whatever it may be, and then you have another guy waiting. You have another superstar waiting right behind him. If you you give this season to Kelly Bryant, he's not going to make turnover. That's not what he is. He's not a turnover machine. He's not a guy that's going to single-handedly. The biggest knock against Kelly Bryant, if you want my opinion, the biggest knock against him is that he's not Deshaun Watson. I think that's what people's problems are. They see him, and they want Deshaun Watson. They want a guy who can run for 400 yards and throw for another 500 in a single game. And that's just not him. He's more of a game manager. He's more of a conservative player than Deshaun Watson. But he'll get the job done for you. And with Clemson's defense, they have an NFL defensive line. He's not going to have to score 50 points. He's not going to have to run all over the field and turn into Superman, which is what Deshaun Watson did two years in a row against Alabama, winning the national championship, going riding off into the sunset, and now having a very successful career. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing Deshaun Watson in uh, back in Houston this year. I Might have to draft him on my fantasy team. Uh, as far as college football playoff goes, um, the top four seems those are the top four right now seems pretty popular. Um, as far as college football playoff picks, a lot of people are just going chalk. That's not how it works. It's it's really not how it works at college sports. Sports period. Not uh, football, basketball it doesn't matter. I don't think Washington will not get there. I don't think Penn State will get there because they're going to have a tough schedule, too. Alabama will get there, and Clemson will get there. Uh, ACC, not as strong as it has been in years past. Uh, Florida State's going to be their biggest challenger. Uh, DeAndre Francois coming returning uh, from an injury last year. There's some trap games. Uh, Clemson will have some trap games in the ACC, but I don't see any team that's going to challenge them. Like in, Al- in Alabama and the SEC, they're going to have teams that are going to challenge them. Obviously, Auburn, uh, they're going to play LSU. Georgia's going to challenge them. But it's different in the ACC. There's not teams that are on the same level as Clemson. They're just not. Florida State is... I would take this Clemson team uh, over Jameis Winston's national championship team. Like They they are that good. Dabo Sweeney has built that team. Um, Alabama, even though they're going to have a bunch of people coming after the throne, no one's been able to knock off Nick Saban yet. I mean... He's uh, all-time leading national championships winner. Him and Bear Bryant. And I'm sure he'd like to go past the Bear and get number seven. So I, I'd like Alabama. I like Clemson. Um, who else do I like? You know who I do like? Texas. I think actually, this is going to sound hilarious, Texas is an underrated team this year. I don't understand how they're not ranked any higher. This is the second year in Tom Herman's uh, tenure at Texas. He gets back Sam Ellinger. He's returning it all, like most of his starters on defense. Malik Jefferson went to the NFL, but for the most part, his defense is coming back. I don't see why Texas is not ranked any higher. I think they can win the Big 12. I honestly think Texas can win the Big 12, and yes, I do include Oklahoma. I think they can beat Oklahoma. People forget they, were, they kept it a one-possession game against Baker Mayfield's Oklahoma team in the um, Red River rivalry last year. I mean, it was a close game. They also pushed Sam Darnold in the Coliseum. It took Sam Darnold uh, playing like Sam Darnold. He had 39 seconds left, no timeouts. He turned into Superman just to push that game to overtime. And Sam Ellinger fumbled the ball on the goal line in I think the second overtime, and USC ended up only scoring a field goal. So if Texas doesn't fumble there, the least they get is a field goal. Then we're going to triple overtime. Who knows what happens there? So I think a lot of pe- not enough people are giving Texas the credit. Um, that they deserve they could honest I think they could get to the playoff I'm not I'm not joking I know I sound crazy but they are that good TCU is not going to be what they were last year uh, Oklahoma Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray is it Kyle Murray or Kyler Murray go ahead and feel free to um, correct me in the comments and tell me how much of an idiot I am but he's a true freshman he's going to be seeing all of this for the first time uh, I, I get that Lincoln Riley's coming back it's the second year uh, he's You know he's he's going to have his second year um, with his system with his guys. I get that, but I just don't sleep on Texas. They were really good last year, and it was only Tom Herman's first season. I think they're going to be a lot better. So that's I have Alabama, Clemson, Texas. Um, Who do we want out of the Big Ten? I don't think anyone out of the Pac-12 will get there. I don't see USC getting there with JT Daniels, a true freshman. He's going to have a tough schedule. They play Texas, so I don't see them going into Austin. And, and beating Texas, I, I just don't. Um, Stanford,, mm, not too good they get bring They bring back uh, Bryce Love, and you know Stanford's not a bad not a bad team. Uh, they bring back uh, K.J. Costello. You know what I'm going to I just fell in love with Stanford right now, just speaking about him right now, so that's my college football playoff. Alabama, Clemson, Stanford and Texas. I know there's no big 10 teams. They're all going to beat up on each other. This is the year where you're going to see having a good, too strong of a conference is actually going to come back to bite you. Because Ohio State's going to have to play Penn State. They're going to have to play Michigan. Michigan's going to have to play Ohio State, Penn State, the whole, the latter. And then you're going to have Wisconsin. They'll probably go undefeated again, get to the um, conference champ. You're going to have a, a similar situation as last season where it's going to be Wisconsin in the weaker division of the Big Ten. And then the stronger team, whether it's Michigan, who I, I I think Michigan's probably the best team in the Big Ten right now, um, Penn State's probably right behind them. They lose uh, Saquon Barkley though. They lose um, Chris Godwin two years ago. He, I mean he's gone. They lose uh, Mike Gesicki. They've lost a lot of pieces on offense, and I don't see I don't see Trace McSorley um, turning into Deshaun Watson, Sam Darnold, just taking over games. I I, I just don't. Um, Ohio State, we don't even have to get into what they're going. It's going to catch up to them. Uh, Three-game suspension was ridiculous. That was a joke. I mean, they open up the season against... Who do they play? They play Rutgers. They play, okay, they play Oregon State week one. That, I mean, that's a cupcake. They play Rutgers, which technically opens up their Big Ten schedule, but Rutgers is easily the worst team in the Big Ten. Them and Purdue. And then week three, they play TCU, which is probably the big headline game. But like I said, TCU's not, they're not going to be the same. They're not going to be um, the same team who is challenging. They didn't even challenge Oklahoma last season. Oklahoma smashed them both times. They played twice last year in Oklahoma. They ran away with it two times. Um, I think Michigan's a big the best team in the Big Ten. But they're all going to have to play each other. And I don't see Michigan running the table, especially... Coming off of a week one game against Notre Dame, they're going to have a tough schedule also. I think Stanford survives. Look, it's never who you th- I'm telling you, I know I sound crazy picking Texas and Stanford as half of my college football teams, but it's never who you think it is. I'm tell- the teams that make it in there are never the teams preseason who you think, yeah, they're going to get in outside of Alabama. Even Clemson. If Clemson didn't make it in, I wouldn't be shocked. I would be surprised. I expect them to get in there, but I wouldn't be shocked the length of the college football season injuries start piling up to, i mean just trap games here left and right you, there's no tell i i honestly think that stanford should they get past oregon and then washington's going to have some they're going to have some obstacles they play they play oregon oregon coming off of a bye week that's going to be so oregon's going to have two weeks with justin herbert to prepare for washington and it's in eugene i don't see washington winning that one uh, that's going to be a trap game for Washington. Stanford can get past them um, and obviously get past uh, Oregon. They'd have to win their conference. And the South this year uh, doesn't look doesn't look too uh, powerful. Like I said, USC, you don't know what you're going to get for them. USC, they could easily win the the their the conference. They really could. You just don't know what you're going to get out of JT Daniels. Uh, UCLA, Chip Kelly's first season. Um, again you don't know what you're going to get you don't know what you're going to get from there uh, Utah's a sleeper team uh, watch out for Utah but I don't see them beating USC, Stanford and getting into the college football playoff that's not at all what I'm saying I don't see them being beating Washington or Oregon should they get that far uh, but they are a team to be reckoned with they might hit some people with some upsets left in, uh, here and there so those are my picks uh, Alabama, Clemson, Stanford and Texas Remember those names. Feel free to call me back on that at the end of the season. Um, With that being said, let's go to baseball. A lot of pennant races. A lot of uh, division races are really heating up, uh, especially in the West. AL West, you got the A's and the Astros. And the Mariners, they're on the outside looking in, but they're kind of, uh, it's time to get going. The A's A's and the Astros are really starting to pull away, so the, the Mariners, they're looking like they might go another season without... Uh, seeing October baseball in the NL West you have the Diamondbacks are in first place as of right now the Rockies are right there in second place and the Dodgers are right behind them that race is really heating up they're a game at, Dodgers are a game and a half of the wild card which puts them behind obviously the Diamondbacks and the Rockies and uh, let me see they're one game back of the division I think they they start a series tonight actually four game series in Dodger Stadium against the Diamondbacks so that's going to be must watch TV. That's going to be a huge series for both teams, not just for the Dodgers. Obviously, for the Diamondbacks too. Because if you fall behind this late into the season, you know that's you might find yourself watching Clayton Kershaw on Fox again this October. My biggest question for the Dodgers: Do they have the pitching to not only make it make it into the playoffs? They're on a five-game win streak, but they played the Rangers and the Padres, two last-place teams. But do they have the pitching? To survive in the playoffs there if should they win their division they'd be playing the Braves in the NLDS and should they get into the wild card and then win that they would play the Cubs who are they're on fire right now they're playing they would play the Cubs in the NLDS that'd be the third straight year they've met each other this this year in the NLDS last two seasons the NLCS um two games last year the Dodgers obviously World Series runners up um they blew two games in the World Series. A lot of people like to blame you, Darvish. They lost that series game two. Right? That was Dodger Stadium. Another 3-1 game. Perfect perfect score for Dodger Stadium. Maybe the most pitcher-friendly park in baseball. Um, and they blew that lead. The bullpen just gave that, gave that game away. Same thing. Game five, Clayton Kershaw. Um, really rocky game five. So was Dallas Keiko. People like to forget. Dallas Keiko gave up a lot of runs that game too. Um, the bullpen blew that game. That insane game five one of the greatest games I've ever seen but the Dodgers those are two wins that the Dodgers gave away and that was when they had a good bullpen the Dodgers had one of the best bullpens in baseball last postseason Uh, a lot of people going in thought the Yankees were going to be the you know the best bullpen and the Dodgers they ran off a scoreless streak was it from the NLDS all the way through the NLCS I think they gave up their first run um, I want to say Game Four, Game Three or Game Four of the NLCS against the Cubs. Like they were really good, um, and they they were what my point is. They were really good last year, and they blew games. The Dodgers bullpen this year is horrendous. It's it's horrible. They lost Tony Watson, they lost Brandon Morrow, they lose Tony Singrani to injury, um, and they add they add uh, John Axford, who was. Abysmal his Dodger debut. I think he's only pitched one time. I think that Dave Roberts saw enough out of one, one pitching outing. He only went one third of an inning against the Astros. Um, Scott Alexander he's uh, really streaky. You know he'll go games where he gets guys out one two three on five pitches. He really induces a lot of ground balls. But if the sinker is kind of floating up there, he gives up a lot of runs in a hurry. Uh, they're amongst the worst bullpens in baseball in front of ERA is uh, as far as ERA. Um, they're really. I don't see them. I don't see them shutting down. T- they're going to have to score runs. That's going to be their formula, and they have been. They've played, uh, like I said, two last place teams, but they've put up a lot of runs on the Dodgers and then a hitter-friendly park um, against the Rangers. But their formula is going to have to be similar to what the Astros were last year. The Astros bullpen was not very good last year. We'll talk about them right now. Um, they're going to have to score so many runs that the bullpen literally cannot give up a lead like they're gonna have to score a lot which puts up puts a lot of pressure on those dodger hitters and the dodger pitchers this looks like those dodger teams of old that would get beat by the cubs and and uh excuse me the cardinals uh where clayton Curtin. you have kershaw and obviously you have kenley jansen he's been real shaky as of late but he's had some heart problems hopefully he can get things together and he'll be ready for the postseason but you have kershaw you have rich hill you have alex wood all left-handers and you have kenley jansen but there's no bridge in between there. So what that does is it forces Dave Roberts to say, Okay, do I really trust Scott Alexander? Do I trust uh, J. T. Chagua in the postseason at Wrigley Field? Probably not. So you're gonna leave Kershaw out there a little bit longer, and that's when you get those, you know, those no doubt bombs that Kershaw's been you know, has come to been known for throughout the postseason. Those really aren't his fault. I get that he's on the mound. he's giving up those home runs, but he hasn't had the run support in you know, in past last year he had the bullpen. It they couldn't quite finish it off. This year he doesn't have the bullpen. And at times he hasn't had the run support. The Dodgers are really boom or bust offense. So they're gonna have to that puts a lot of pressure on Manny Machado and Brian Dozer as well. I mean they traded they traded for those two players and people are looking at them. Okay, we need we need dingers now. We need runs. We need RBIs. We need people on base. That puts a lot of pressure on those guys who are coming from teams who had no chance of making the playoffs. Um, obviously, you have Justin Turner, uh, Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger likes to strike out a lot, though. You don't know how much you can depend on him. And even what's more is if they do go up against the Cubs, whether it's in the NLDS or the NLCS, the Cubs starters all of a sudden are like the best in baseball out of nowhere. They were. Um, they signed you Darvish, which was, I mean, a hilarious mistake. You Darvish, I almost, almost feel bad for him. Uh, all of a sudden, John Lester's really hot. Cole Hamels is undefeated with the sub one ER since being traded. And Then you have the Professor Kyle Hendricks, who's uh, he had a, somewhat of a rough postseason last year. But he's, I mean, he's uh, he's a ground ball guy. He's a pitch to contact guy. Uh, that so that puts even more pressure on the Dodgers' offense to score. And I don't know if I don't know if they can. So if, again, if it's a low scoring game, you put more pressure back onto your bullpen, who's been shaky to say the least. This season, they, they put Kenta Maeda and, and Ross Stripling back there for support. Ross Stripling, not the best coming out of the bullpen. I like him more in, as a starter, but they sided with Walker Buehler on that one. Can't really blame him. Top pitching prospect. He's been good. He's had a solid rookie season outside of a rough um, bullpen outing. Ironically, against the Cubs, he came out, came out of the bullpen coming back from injury, and the Cubs, they rocked him. Uh, moving to the AL West. This is the most exciting race, I think. I think it's more. It's not as tight as the NL West, where the NL West you have three teams that are all separated within two games. Even the Giants are still in it. The Giants are seven and a half back. They're actually, um, they're still in it mathematically. I don't, I don't see them heating up and storming back and passing the Dodgers, the Rockies, and the Diamondbacks. But they're still in it. You know, they're still in it. They're still playing good baseball. They haven't, they haven't quit like the Nationals. The Nationals. Gave up on this season. They can kiss any chance they had of signing Bryce Harper goodbye. But um, the AL West is really exciting. I know a lot of people don't like the wild card. It just depends on where you lie, where you fall. The wild card game is so much fun. Last year you had the, the Yankees and the Twins. That game was a lot of fun. The NL wild card game, it was also a lot of fun. Uh, Archie Bradley, a, relie- a relief pitcher coming in with an RBI triple to win the game. Not a walk-off, but it was a go-ahead, go-ahead RBI I think this is good. How, I don't understand how this wouldn't be. I think the Astros are going to hang on. Alex Bregman declared themselves the best team in the world. I have to agree with them. I don't, I don't see anyone beating the Astros at full strength. Al- Altuve, Correa, Springer, uh, Alex Bregman, Yuli Gurria, I mean, their lineup is, is ridiculous. And their starters don't. I mean, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, and Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel is their fourth best starter right now. He's their fourth best starter. I think their bullpen is a little bit shaky. I I mentioned before last year their bullpen wasn't the wasn't the best part of their team, but no team is perfect. And they added Roberto Azuna. So they have they at least have a sure handed closer. Ken Giles, he he had the closer role removed actually in the postseason last year during the World Series. They said you're you're not a closer anymore. Now they have a ninth inning guy. So they just they got even better. I think they'll hang on. But let's, for the sake of the argument, let's just say the A's, they keep coming back. They, the A's aren't going anywhere. They've been good for a long... They're the most interesting team in baseball in the season, by far. Uh, they have, I I, You'd be hard-pressed to find a guy who doesn't live in Oakland, who knows their lineup top to bottom. They have Crush Davis. They have Matt Chapman. And that's about it. They don't have a lot of superstars. But they're just a great team. They have Sean Manaya. I, I think he just went on the DL. Um, that shouldn't be too big of a deal. Probably just a precautionary move to get them ready for the postseason. You don't want your number one starter I mean, missing the postseason. Shout out to the Red Sox. Um, let's just say the A's get there. Let's just say they, they, they storm back on the Astros. The Astros have a hitting slump and the A's take first place. Tell me how that isn't interesting. You'd have the Yankees and the Astros. ALCS, It went seven games last year. In a one-game wild-card playoff in Yankee Stadium, the Yankees actually have a two-game lead over the Astros as far as a wild-card is concerned. But tell me that's not interesting. Let's just say the Yankees win home field. They, they have home field advantage. That puts them over the top, which I don't, I don't even know if they would win that game. Their starters have been really shaky. Um, they're missing Judge. They're missing Sanchez. I don't know if, I don't know if uh, Gary Sanchez would be back by then. Aaron Judge should be back, especially if they're playing the Astros. He would definitely find a way to play that game. Giancarlo Stanton's been keeping that team alive. But let's just say they win that game. Altuve, he, he strikes out three times, which is next to impossible. He just struck out four times for the first time in his career last night. Let's just say the offense, Luis Severino, looks like a pre-All-Star break Luis Severino. And he goes seven scoreless innings. Uh, Aaron Judge with the two-run double. Yankees win. Two, 2 nothing. That'll never happen. You're not going to blank the Astros. But let's just say this imaginary scenario. You'd have the Red Sox and the Yankees in the NLDS. In the very first round, you'd have the most exciting possible playoff series in baseball. In the, fair, in the very first round. How is that not good for baseball? You'd have that unbelievable... The, the Yankees are the biggest brand in baseball. People who are modest, casual fans of baseball. They know who the Yankees are. They know who Aaron Judge is. They know who Giancarlo Stanton is. Then you'd have the reigning World Series champions. Casual fans. Oh, yeah, the Houston Astros. I know those guys. They just won. You'd have the two biggest, most popular teams in baseball right now in a one-game wild card. How is that not good for baseball? Very next round, you'd have the biggest rivalry in baseball, the Red Sox and the Yankees. How is that not good for baseball? Then on the other side of the bracket, you'd still have the Indians and the A's who are, the A's who are, like I said, the most interesting team in baseball. How is that not interesting? The AL playoffs would be the most... They'd be must-watch TV. That would... I really... I mean, the NBA is obviously the most popular sport in America. I don't... You can make an argument it's football and the ratings would probably suggest so. But amongst the young crowd... <laughs> Millennials, uh, basketball, it's not even close, it's basketball. Um, You'd have the beginning of the basketball regular season, LeBron James uh, starting off as a Laker. I'm sure that would draw a lot of eyes on TV. But I don't see how that wouldn't be good for for increasing ratings in baseball. How would those two series not be interesting? The World Series champs gone in one game. I get where that could be seen as a negative. You have the world, probably the best team. Who I, I also think, I think they're going to win the World Series. I think the Astros are going to go back to back. I think the, which would make them the first since the '01 uh, Yankees. But in the, for this scenario, how is that not interesting? You'd have a level of parity that no other, well, the NFL, but you'd have a high level of parity that the NBA certainly doesn't have. Uh, the Warriors are going to win it again. And you know it. There's there's no debating that. I don't care about LeBron. I don't care about the Rockets. The Warriors are going to win it again. It's, I mean, the Celtics will probably push them to six or seven. But if you asked me today who I'd put my money with, I'd put them with the Warriors. So would you. Um, you'd have the World Series champs out of one game. Now, it's, any, it's anyone's to win. You'd have the Red Sox and the Yankees, which would be... A phenomenal series. The Red Sox swept them in Fenway about a month ago, but that was without Judge and Sanchez. Hopefully, the Yankees would be, I mean, for viewers' sake, hopefully they'd be back to full strength. That's interesting. You'd have the Indians, who probably aren't, probably are the least exciting of those teams that are left. And then the A's, the, you know, I think they've become a fan favorite this season. Everyone's rooting for the A's. I, I certainly am. I wouldn't mind seeing them get to the ALCS, possibly the World Series. So then, you'd have the Yankees, Red Sox, Indians, A's. How is that that not good for baseball? I think the wild card race, I think the wild card game is good. I think it's exciting. I think the NBA needs a wild card game. Between the eighth-seeded team and the first team out, which would be, quotation marks, the ninth-seeded team, I think that game would be amazing to watch. A one-game playoff, and then you would play the first-seeded team in either the Western or Eastern Conference. I think that would be interesting. Um, as far as right now, uh A's took excuse me, uh Astros took two out of three from the A's. They just had a series in Houston. Astros took two out of three there. So they are still in first place. The A's are they look like they're pretty much a lock for the postseason. Um, should this should these standings hold, they would play the Yankees in the wild card, which would also be interesting because you'd still have that wild card game and then I feel like a lot of people would be pulling for the A's against the big bad bombers. I think that would be Another exciting game to watch. Um, certainly, I, I would I would probably take the Yankees in that game. Um, even though Severino he he's cooled off and he's been shaky the second half of the season. And last year in the wild card game, he was I mean he was really scared. The Yankees almost did they the Yankees almost didn't survive against the Twins last year. Uh, but I I think I would still take the Yankees for that one. Uh, last thing we got here today. Uh, NFL. NFL season is going to start pretty soon uh, about a week, exactly one week from today you have the Eagles and the Falcons which I hate, not the Falcons I hate that they play on a Thursday I think that's ridiculous I'm not sure that anyone cares who, who plays first I think fans are just excited uh, that football is back um, I, don't, I don't think anyone cares really that hey, we were the first ones to get to 1-0 or we're the first team to play I don't think anyone cares about that I don't think people like Thursday night games. Period. I certainly don't. I know the players hate them. That's something you need to get rid of. But anyway, let's not dampen the mood. The NFL season is back. That means fantasy is back. You can't wait. Let me know when you guys are drafting. I'm going to be drafting on Sunday, right before the Sunday before Thursday Thursday night football. Eagles and Falcons. Don't be surprised if the Falcons jump out jump out on the Eagles. And the Eagles start off 1-0. and Do not be surprised. Nick Foles has looked really shaky. And the Falcons were a Julio Jones catch in the end zone away from knocking out the Eagles last year. People forget. They have a short memory. I wouldn't be surprised. I would take the Falcons. Any of you uh, gamblers out there, you want my advice, take the Falcons. I think they're going to win that game. Week 1, it's certainly not going to have ramifications as far as postseason right now. Who knows? It may, down the line, that we may look back at this Week 1 game as you know, a, a huge loss for Philia, we don't know, um, the biggest news in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, $134 million, um, Aaron Rodgers, if you're listening, uh, please, please hit the support button, I would love it if you could send me 40 or $50, um, I'd appreciate it, how many times, over, under, how many times do you think Aaron Rodgers has been asked for money in the last day, in, in between, whenever you're listening to this, how many times, over, under, let's just say 20, Today's Thursday. He got signed yesterday. I'm going to say over under 20. He, how many times he got asked for money yesterday. Uh, I would. Ugh, it's terrible. I would hate having to do a fake um, polite laugh 20 times a day. Uh, but what really what really interests me about this Aaron Rodgers contract is not just the number. I mean, obviously, it's a huge 134 million. Good Lord. It's it's. In the comparison to Tom Brady. I know some of you are rolling your eyes right now. Like, oh, we're going to talk about Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. When have I heard this before? I, I, I know it's, it's, over, it's overdrawn. Um, but they're almost... Okay, you ever seen the Peyton duality of a man? The meaning behind it is you can have the same guy with two completely opposite tendencies. But they're the same guy. It's kind of like war and peace. I know this is a sports podcast and I'm getting into philosophy right now. But hear me out. Tom Brady is a guy who throughout his career has taken pay cuts, has taken a back seat, he makes less money than his wife right now, which is nothing wrong is wrong with that? I'm all about being progressive. Um but uh, as far as the locker room, I'm sure not everyone is as, I'm sure not everyone in the locker room and in the league is as accepting of this as I am. He makes less money than Giselle. Um but he's got five Super Bowl rings, looking to get looking for a sixth. I don't think he'll get there. He'll get, he'll get to the Super Bowl. I don't. I don't think he'll beat any of these, of these NFC teams. His roster's not that good, but that's beside the point. Aaron Rodgers is a guy, who. He's probably the best we've ever seen, uh, as far as talent. He's probably the the best that anyone has ever seen, and he's only has one. He only has one Super Bowl ring. What do you think of, Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl? That blows my mind. It's it's. It, a huge waste of talent on the part of green bay but they've rewarded him with this huge ginormous contract and tom brady now you sense the dysfunction in new england he's not getting paid now and and his roster is terrible so aaron Rodgers, the past seasons he's willed these packers into the playoffs year after year but he's getting paid. They're rewarding him. And he's had a good offensive line. He's not getting killed out there. They've always given him a, a respectable offensive line. The Patriots have always given him a great team. Maybe not superstar players, but the, how many... They've pinned to a boatload of Super Bowls. They've taken care of Tom Brady as far as winning. So the point I'm trying to get to is you see both sides of the spectrum and you see the negatives to both. Tom Brady really being... He he made the decision ultimately, hey, I'll, I'll take a pay cut. Let's bring in some guys. Let's bring back coordinators or let's bring in new coordinators. Let's revamp our defense and let's win another Super Bowl. He's got five of them. And then you have Aaron Rodgers on the other side of the spectrum. Let's reward Aaron Rodgers with all this money. We got to keep him. He's about – he's trying to – and I'm all for this. Uh, institute player mobility in the NFL like in the NBA. And even in the MLB, you have the hot stove. Let's give him all this money. But now they have no money left. To bring in any other superstars. Jimmy Graham is not the Jimmy Graham you remember in New Orleans. He's closer to the Jimmy Graham first year in Seattle, if you want my opinion. Aaron Rodgers, he doesn't use his tight ends either. He likes his Jordy Nelsons, his Devontae Adams, and his Jermichael Finleys, Randall Cobbs. He likes receivers. Um, I, I, I can't help but think both guys would like to trade spots with each other. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers wishes... Man, I wish I had five Super Bowls. I wish I could have gone to eight and won five. Tom Brady's looking at, I mean, he, I'm sure he's upset about his contract, you know, and uh, being disrespected really by um, the front office in New England. But he looks into his trophy case and he goes, oh yeah, it's not that bad. But I'm, I can't help but think he looks outside of his, his mansion while he's thinking to himself uh, after Tom vs. Time is done filming and he says, man, I wish I knew what $134 million looked like. And I think I think that's just so ironic that they're the same guy yet they're complete opposites. If you think about it, they're two sides of the same coin. One guy getting rewarded with a huge contract, but he doesn't have he doesn't have the winning resume, and another guy who has the winning resume. He's taken the other route, taking the pay cuts. Yeah, let's go for winning. And now he's maybe not regretting. No, he, I'm never. I would never say Tom great Brady, Tom Brady is regretting five Super Bowls, but he's thinking, man, when when is it my turn? When do I get? I have five Super Bowls. He has one. Why, am, why aren't I getting paid that much money? Something to think about. Thank you for joining me today. That was a lame ending. That was so, that was a reading rainbow ending. Um, I got to work on my outros. Uh, I got to think of a catchphrase to, to say uh, Excelsior. That's how I'll end every show from here on out. Excelsior. Uh, Really though, thanks for uh, listening if you're if you've made it this far it's coming up on 45 minutes didn't even feel like it Hopefully it wasn't as uh Hopefully you feel the same. I hope this 45 minutes didn't feel like 45 hours for you Uh, I'm gonna try and do this every single Thursday Um, Thanks for tuning in go ahead and share this is a crowd noise podcast Uh, I'm gonna get try and get an Instagram and a Twitter going pretty soon. So uh, be on the lookout for that Uh, Thanks for listening go ahead and share with your friends and uh, enjoy the games this weekend.